Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm Welcome to a Cigar Hustlers Podcast, where we take a closer look at the people of the cigar industry with your host, Mike and Mike. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Mike also. And, and this is a... Cigar... <laughs> oh, we messed up. Okay, we'll do it again. Do it again. This is a... Cigar, cigar Hustlers Podcast. I fucked you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> cigar Hustlers Podcast. Damn it! We have a Mr. David Blanco on today. Hello, hello. Um, Thank you for having me. Blanco guys. Cigars. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for, for being here. So, um, obviously, our podcast, which you don't know yet because you haven't listened, it, but is about... Rutro. Um, is it Rutro, right? <laughs> no, that's okay. We're doing pretty good, actually. Before we uh, jump we, into the conversation... We lo- picked up a, another follower today. We d- Ooh. So... Uh, 14. So, in what... Which is that? Podbean or iTunes or which one is that? Uh, Podbean. iTunes isn't as friendly with their information. Right. They just tell you how many listen and then how many subscribe why they're listening. Okay, so what do we have statistically? What, what, give us an uh, Okay, on, on Podbean, we are in 13 countries around the world. Wow. We are in the uh, United States, United Kingdom, Nicaragua, Australia, Canada, Dominican Republic. Uh, we're big in Jordan for some reason. Que fala, Khabibi? <laughs> Belgium, <laughs> Ireland, and then uh, 15 people listen in other. I'm not Ooh, exactly Ireland! Sure. Ireland. We have uh, seven people in Ireland. Ah, that's, that's impressive for me. I'm happy about that, yes. you know? The Fighting Irish. The Fighting Irish. So, um, let's see here. A couple of scrappers. Couple I hope that they, they're getting, you know, having some Guinness, getting bombed, and then just listening to the podcast. And then I think they're recovering else. right now from St. Paddy's Day. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Our I had to pull that Arabic out of my butt right. there for you guys. <laughs> over, in, over in Jordan, that was for you guys. That's very nice. Very uh, nice. Jack Taranio is our biggest show so hey. far. Hey! Blanco. Oh, wait. Now, now, now you threw right. the gauntlet down. Challenge yes. accepted. All right. There you go. Okay, Jack, you're going down. That was pretty good. I mean, he talked about this movie theater... Um, Oh, conflict that he had, and I'll tell you what—I've been getting really? feedback on it. I've right. been getting. I know Jack. Jack's a good guy, man. He and I are buddies. Feedback but don't on talk it. during the movie that Jack is watching. So what's kind of so what's kind of different about this our podcast right now between you and us is that everybody else we've really kind of had on before I have a bigger relationship with and you know we've met a couple times but we're not really established there's that time in the gay bar right you know know, I don't really talk about that too much I got you I post it more on Instagram than I do talk about it on my podcast but hey you know whatever if you want to just lost Jordan you said gay bar (laughs) (laughs) you want to walk out through that door that's fine you know Um, so Obviously, this is an origin series. Mm-hmm. We want to know a little bit about yourself. Um, looks like what I got here is, for starters, you were born in Chicago. Is that correct? I was. Hey, all right. And uh, deputy <coughs> deputy sheriff of Chicago, as well as a fire paramedic of Chicago. Correct. It's uh, Cook County. It's the right. uh, county of Chicago. So, so why deputy don't we sheriff st- Cook County. Why don't we start there? How did you uh, How did you get into Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're starting at the beginning. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Yeah, here we go. Genesis What's chapter one. <laughs> so uh, Dave Blanco um, started humbly in uh, Chicago, growing up as a kid in Chicago. But my family mm-hmm. was Cuban in heritage. I was the first one born in the city of Chicago. Actually, I was born in the first generation born in the United States. And uh, so no ketchup. Yeah, no ketchup. No ketchup. Still to this day. Yeah, no ketchup. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get all the facts out here, you know. So, uh, being born in Chicago uh, as a regular American kid, uh, you know, I grew up in a regular inner city uh, neighborhood and uh, grew up wanting to be the police, fireman, you know, all that kind of stuff. The whole shebang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cigars were always around uh, because of the family's heritage. You know, at that time... I'm mm-hmm. not going to divulge my age too too early, but at that time, in, in, in we have that by the way in the planet. Yeah, yeah, we'll put that out there. I'm sure. <laughs> It'll all come out, Jack. I'm taking I you down. A, I have an excellent producer. He uh, <laughs> he vets him well. A lot of research. <laughs> so, um, you know, they were always around. We had the old men playing dominoes, wearing wife beaters, right, and smoking cigars. Mm-hmm. So it was always something that was around me. You know, I always understood the smell and, uh, of, of cigars, and it was something that was always just part of the culture. Right, you know, drinking Cuban coffee and all that stuff. But I was a kid running around playing stickball in the street. 
you know, playing catch and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, just like the movies. That's it. That's it. <laughs> fire ball. hydrant? You did the fire hydrant? <laughs> oh, yeah, we played did fire, fire hydrant. hydrant. We played ding dong ditch and we sketched. Do you even know what sketching is? What is sketching? Uh, ah, see, in the winter, in the winter, we would grab hold of somebody's back bumper and just ride like we're skiing. Ah. But it's called sketching. Ah. Eh? That's a Chicago. Okay. Or probably an inner city. That's the term. Chicago. Way. It's probably, yeah, it's Chicago. Yeah, I grew, I grew up in the, I mean, I, I was born in Boston, but I grew up in the mean suburbs of Coral Springs. No. Oh, wow. Watch <laughs> out. So. You had the Bloods and Crips out there, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, big time. Yeah, big time. Wow. <laughs> All right, so there I was in Chicago, growing up, and I wanted to be the police growing up, and I wanted to do the military thing, kind of, sort of. You know, it was kind of, I came, I came from a military family. Right. So, um, fast forward to 18, and uh, graduated, joined the military, and uh, raised my right hand and became a airborne infantryman, and uh, volunteered for all kinds of cool stuff, and special operations, and whatever I could do, and uh, we did that. And then I uh, used my GI Bill to uh, go to school. You're jumping f- way too far ahead. So let me let me let, <laughs> me, let, me, let me bring it back. Wasn't I'm, a, cigar I'm, a bring, I'm gonna bring you back. I'm, I'm at like 1920 right now. Oh man. <laughs> so so what made you decide to become a firefighter sheriff, you know, like I haven't even done that yet. He went uh, from I just so went from the military to school. From high school oh, to the military. Oh, so we yeah. are so so you did military before you did eighteen. Ah. Just graduated high school. High school went into the military. That's so right. then, all right. So then you're on track because I thought that we were like you're blitzkrieging through it. No, hell no. Holy no, shit! No. What's going on here? Okay, not cool. my first. You don't listen to the show either. Do you? <laughs> what? You don't listen to the show either. Do you? Me? This show? Yes. No, I don't. So where was I? I uh, live it. I uh, live okay. the fucking you, you, show. You were 18 yes. and you joined the military. military I did my uh, military thing. Jumped out of airplanes. Yeah, yeah. did all that cool stuff. And what uh, branch? Army. Army. Army, yeah. The only branch. No, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> my brother's Marine. Listen, I had to talk to him real slow. Those are planes. <laughs> no, Listen, I'll say U.S. in front of our, our tab our, on our name tag. Right. You know, just as Marine, Air Force. We're, we're all on the same team. We all have spe- different jobs, but they're right. similar and we all help each other. Complimentary. So everybody out there that's not Army, I still love you. <laughs> Except the Coast Guard. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're good, too. They're good, too. Um, so, yeah, I uh, went to college um, and studied criminal justice, political science. Okay. And uh, I figured I'd throw in a paramedic medicine uh, major in there as well. Ooh, a little get, parlay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, I'm, I'm rounding myself out for law enforcement because okay. that's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh Graduate and uh, well, I continue to study and I, I get a job as a Cook County Sheriff. And you put your name on every every list there is on the planet when you're looking for civil service job like that, and right? You know, and uh, they called me first, so I took the job and um, did that. And before I knew it, Chicago Police and Chicago Fire Department called me at the same time, and I had my my paramedic license. And uh, I said, you know what, I've had enough of this criminal justice system. After sure. all of that. Yeah, it wasn't so much the criminal justice system mm-hmm. as law enforcement. It was the judicial system that's broken in this country. Mm-hmm. And uh, so as a result of seeing uh, too many people uh, get off because they've got very good lawyers, lawyers um, <laughs> I just I, I, I didn't want to be a part of that problem. Right. I couldn't fix it. And since I couldn't fix it, I didn't want to be part of the problem. Gotcha. So I said, you know what? This isn't for me. Um, and I had aspirations of going to uh, uh, federal law enforcement stuff. And I said, you know what? I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of this. So I went to the fire department instead of taking the Chicago police job. I went and took the Chicago fire department job. Okay. <coughs> did that and I uh, was a fire paramedic and uh, then was promoted to paramedic officer and ran an ambulance in the ghetto. Uh, it was lots of fun. I'm sure it was. Oh boy, oh boy. West side of the city of Chicago. Yeah, for I think about seven years. <coughs> and um, but while I was there, mm-hmm. now here we go. Here's where the, the I weave the tail, right? <laughs> here it comes. This is now the mid '90s, so I'm giving you kind of an idea how old okay. I am now. So about that years same old. time, this crazy <laughs> magazine comes up and starts, and these yuppies start smoking cigars. And I think the magazine was called the Cigar Aficionado. Oh, okay, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, this is some crazy. Yeah, yeah, crazy little magazine started back then. And um, don't they do <coughs> stories on the uh, most famous cigar man of the world? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, who would that be? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, oh, I, I, for watch Fox News, Skip Martin. <laughs> <laughs> was that a plug? Does he have to pay for that? No, he doesn't have to pay for that. Okay. He's our Just biggest totally fan. Free. Totally okay, free. I got you. Right. He listens to the podcast. Uh, hey, Skip, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> He's our number one fan. That's right. Skip and I got to go share a big hamburger in Nicaragua. He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> he loves the hamburgers over there. I, we Nick, should mention you know Skip, about Skip. What is that like? A, a ham- hamburguesa or some shit like that? I saw. No, no, no. This is legit hamburger. We got a guy down there. It's called Finca. 
Okay, oh, I'm gonna screw up. Finkel de la Mesa. Darren's place. Yes, Finkel de la Mesa. Yeah. And uh, awesome. he's awesome. Do you have you had his burgers? Yeah. All right, then you know they're huge. They're like a pound and a half or something like that. Yeah. All right. He so. doesn't do breakfast though. No, no. It's by and by the way, you have to make sure you have reservations. <laughs> That's very important. Or hamburger place with reservations. Oh wait, we're in Nicaragua, so he's watching us <laughs> yeah. uh, or oh, listening he, to he this. Might be listening. He could. Hey, hey, no, buddy. Uh, Darren's probably listening. Darren, love you, man. Keep up the good work. So anyway, yeah. Back to the story. We keep getting sidebarred mm-hmm. here. It's okay. Uh, I have no idea where I was. Um, um, judicial system is broke. You're gonna. Oh be the yeah, fire yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm in the fire department. So yes. So this is where of cigar aficionado. Right, cigar aficionado. So at that point, um, suddenly I had been I had been smoking cigars since 18, growing up because it was like I said, always part of the culture. Mm-hmm. But I was the only kid my age doing it. Everybody thought I was crazy. You know, they were smoking cigarettes and they were, you know, smoking pot or and they were, whatever they're doing. My vice was smoking cigars. And drinking mm-hmm. because I was in the military and it couldn't, you know, that wasn't acceptable or allowed. So I was like, guys, I can't do that. I'm, right. I'll just drink my face off. Right. So that's what I was doing in college. Totally fine. In college and everything else. Yeah. Right. So suddenly when it became hip, you know, Dave, well, what's this? How, how do you smoke a cigar? Mm-hmm. How do you cut a cigar? What's a good cigar? What's a bad cigar? Can you get me a cigar? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Whoa, slow down. Because I had been smoking and suddenly I, you know, I had cigars laying around and everything else and stuff was given to me by mm-hmm. family and everything else. And then it was, can I get a cigar? Sure, man, here's a cigar. Then again, and then again. And it's like, man, those are good. Can I get a bundle? I didn't get a bundle. These are mine. Right. Well, I'll buy it from you. Hmm. The plot thickens. And enough of that, enough of people said that to me, and it happened enough times that um, I, I went to my father and I went to my uncle, Francisco, and uh, I said, you know what? I think this might be an opportunity to get back into the family business that our family had left in Cuba mm-hmm. since the 1800s. My immediate family was the only family that came here from Cuba. My father, my grandparents, um, they were fleeing the, <coughs> the regime, of course, in 1960. With uh, Fidel Castro, obviously the revolution. <coughs> Excuse me. The rest of the uh, family didn't get out till I think '62, and they went directly to Nicaragua to continue to grow tobacco. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So my my media family fled here for political asylum issues, um, and so that's why I ended up being born here in the states. But the rest of the family that was in Cuba either hasn't gotten out because we still have them there, mm-hmm. or they went to Central America so they could continue to grow tobacco. So having said that, I approached them with the opportunity and the suggestion that I would like to get back into the family roots and business. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, absolutely. We'd be more than happy to become your partners as long as you do this. Invest everything you own. Then we know you're serious in, in your mid-20s that you want to get in the cigar business. Invest everything you own and we'll match you. So challenge accepted. So twenty dollars later, <laughs> yeah, <20 laughs> mid twenties. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, I was already a sheriff, so I had been a sheriff. I was uh, working for the Chicago Fire Department. We make decent money. No, yeah, for yeah, sure. But yeah. you got to save I it too. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, if you saved it in your mid twenties, God bless you. I was saving. Trust me. And, and, and I was a drinking military. problem that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Well, that was cheap back then. Beer was like two fifty. Oh. <laughs> Those <laughs> were the days. Schlitz, you know, all that crap that you, you right? drink that you just do it to Old get Milwaukee's buzzed. best. Yeah, that's right. Mad Dog. Yeah, yeah. Hams. Mm-hmm. Guys, remember you guys oh, up in the north. I've remember I've hams? I've had hams. Oh, from the land of Mickey's Mickey's water. Ice? Mickey's ice. Mickey's ice. Nah. Yeah, the bumblebee. Nat- Natty's ice. Yeah. Natural. I was ice. doing point beer from Wisconsin and all kinds of line kugel back in there. You know, all that kind of cool. Stuff. So that stuff was fairly inexpensive. Obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. Pictures were like five bucks. Old style. You know, you know, old style is a Chicago thing. No, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was like five bucks a picture. So you, you drink your face off anyway. So you saved up, saved up. So I said, okay, I'm all in. <clears throat> my parent, my, my parents, my father, and my uncle. So how much is match. all in? Uh, ooh, that's a that's a real. We need to know. Uh, I need. I that's feel a good like we need to know. <clears throat> well, we were into the six figures, all in. Okay. All of us together. Okay. Way into the six figures. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, we opened. So it was up a family. Yeah, my father, my thing. uncle. It, we all uh, had. It was okay. called Los Blancos. So but how much company. was it? How much was yours? Uh, a third. No, okay. it was equal. It was equal. Okay. We all did equal. That way, it was everybody was in. Okay. Um, so we opened up our factory mm-hmm. in Ybor City. So my gr- my uncle Francisco was running the factory. We all mm-hmm. had our specific roles. He had the factory uh, responsibilities. Uh, my father was all the back end, administrative, legal, taxes, uh, everything corporate, right. everything on that side of the house. And my job was to a sell, be mm-hmm. on the road, sell, blend, because my interest was in blending. Uh, so I had to learn all about the tobacco, but I couldn't run the day-to-day operations and do all the sales. Mm-hmm. 
So I got as much as I could into the, the, the manufacturing side, and then my uncle ran it. Um, so I made sure all the blending was uh, the way we wanted it. I designed bands. I designed boxes, logos, anything and everything, marketing, and, and so forth. And then I went on the road and had, and had all the material to sell. So we all had our specific uh, jobs. Okay. So um, That was in 1998. Thank you. There that was going to be my next question. There you go. That was when we incorporated. So that's when you started. Right. Well, we started talking about it in 97. We did little stuff, but we actually incorporated and opened the factory in 1998. So what was the first cigar that you made? The Bl- Los Blancos uh, Premier Selection Sumatra. Mm. That was the first cigar I ever made. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indonesian Sumatran wrapper, uh, Nicaraguan Honduran filler binder combination. I still love that cigar to this day. Yeah. Um, I actually blended that cigar first because I, when I sat down and decided, okay, here we go, day one, what am I making? <laughs> and and my, my, my response was, well, I start the day with a cup of coffee, better right. make a cigar for coffee. Yeah, and up. that's where it started. So that was the cigar that we started with, and it was for the morning coffee. Um, so... Two years later, unfortunately. So we're, we're, we're moving along. We're growing the right. brand. The, grand, the brand's growing. I'm on the road. I'm, I'm killing it as much as I can. I'm a one-man band on the road, and uh, we're spreading uh, you know, some shops out there. So at this point, you were out of Chicago completely, and you were in, in Florida? Or? Okay. I should probably clarify that. So my uncle uh, opened the factory in Ybor. Okay. My father and I were still in the city of Chicago. Okay. Because we were still working on, I was still working on the fire department, as a matter of fact, so was he. Okay. Did your uncle already live in Florida? So yes, he had retired. Okay. Um, he was a 20-year military dude, and he retired. <laughs> so the cigars are like a side hustle. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was he was retired. He was you know he was young still. Mm-hmm. And why can't I turn that down? <laughs> Sorry, guys. That's my what's up from Nicaragua, as we say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my grandparents had retired down to the Tampa area, which is why he moved there to be near them. My father had also bought a home there, so the, the intention was once he retired, he would move to be close to his parents as well. Mm-hmm. So since we were we had family base in Tampa and Ebor, and that was Cigar City, right? So uh, Frank opened the, uh, we call him Frank Francisco, opened the, uh, was running the factory there, and uh, we're moving along. Okay. Now, my father and I were still out of Chicago, but I was on the road anyway, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, it didn't my matter father, where you were. My father could do administrative work anywhere. You right. know what I mean? My, my uncle was watching payroll and stuff like that down there, and my father would handle the li- licensing and importing or if we needed raw material and whatever it was. Right. Because we were rolling there. Right. We had rolling cousins, in Florida. Right. And we had cousins that, were, that had come out of Cuba mm-hmm. um, that were rollers, and so we would employ them. And then they had friends, and so this is how we got our, our rolling uh, base, our employee base. So um, about that was that lasted about two years, ninety eight to two thousand. Two thousand, my uh, my uncle suddenly had uh, began to have medical problems. Okay. As a result of his uh, uh, service in Vietnam. Okay. So uh, let's just say he ended up not being able to walk after twenty years. Um, exposure exposure to Agent Orange. Agent Orange. Right. And uh, he ended up in a wheelchair, and he could no longer run the factory. So. We had a quandary here. What to do? Mm-hmm. So we uh, called up that family that left Cuba and went directly to Nicaragua and had been there since the 60s. Uh, and that family, my father and he are cousins, called them up and said, hey, we need to move production. Can we come down to your facility? I said, absolutely no problem. That gentleman's name is Nestor Placencia. Mm-hmm. I've heard that name. There you go. So this is the uh, the family that I was lucky enough to be related to and was able, through my, my, my father's family back in Cuba, uh, be able to uh, to move our production. Otherwise, we would have had a serious problem. Right. So we, uh, we went down there, um, integrated our production into their, <coughs> their factory, and that's where I met my mentor. Mm-hmm. His name was Avelio Oviedo Dominguez, one of... If you're in the business on this side, one of the main men with regard to blending and rolling from the old days in Cuba. Okay. <coughs> he was um, the rolling union president in Cuba before the revolution. And I believe he was the production manager for the H. Upman factory, if I remember correctly. No master shit. blender, wow. master roller. This guy was an icon. Anybody on, on, the, on the manufacturing side, if, if they were in the industry, knew who he was. Okay. Um, <coughs> I had 12 good years with him. To uh, sponge all the knowledge that I could possibly get from him, and that he was willing to give me, which was a lot. I mean, I I really uh, 
I tried to learn everything I could because mm -hmm. the gentleman was old as it was uh, when I met him. He was already up in his seventies, uh, right? And, and this is like uh, two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. And so I I uh, had him for I think twelve good years, and um, I wouldn't be where I am today without uh, the knowledge that I was able to glean from his lifetime of, of work and experience in the industry. Right. So um, he helped me continue to blend and enhance my blending uh, capability and and broaden my horizons with the tobaccos that Placencia has available, mm -hmm. which is approximately 150, 60, actually it's 167 different varietals of tobacco. Right. Uh, from about 15 different countries, not to mention all the tobacco that they grow in Nicaragua, Honduras, and Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a humongous operation but this is the genesis of how i got into the business so we're now we're tugging you know we're, we're chugging along 2000 and then 9 11 happens right the next catastrophe for our family and, and our business uh particularly my business because i was still a member of the reserves as well as my father okay and uh the day of um i had just gotten off shift with the fire department and I was married at the time. My wife woke me up and said, I literally just got to bed like half an hour to, you know, to an hour. She says, you got you to gotta watch. Something's happening. Some plane hit a building or something in New York. You got So, of course, I got up and I watched a second plane crash into the building live. Shortly after that, my father had called me. My, my phone was ringing. And he said, uh, you need to drive me to Washington, D.C. now. I have to hmm. be there tomorrow. I have to report. Wow. It was mobilized and activated immediately. Um, and he said, well, I'm gone for at least a year, maybe two. Here are the keys. It's all up to you, kid. That was it. So here you go. That's it. Here you go. So I was like, That's okay. Uh, my uncle's already been out for two years right. or a year. And uh, now my father's gone. I don't know when he's coming back because I don't know how old you were during 9-11. I was in high school. You were in high school. You were an adult. Yeah, I was an adult. Nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew what was going on. It was all like up in the air. So when he said he's gone, I was like, well, he's gone until further notice. And he yeah. told me at least one, maybe two, but really we don't know. Right. Um, so I continued to plug along the best that I could. Now I'm handling the back end. Everything. Right. Uh, yeah. Thank God I had the family running the factory down there because I didn't have to worry about production at that point. Right. But right. I'm, I'm running the back end and I'm doing all the sales on the front end. Meanwhile, the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket because everybody's freaking out. Right. Yeah. Um, and I had to drive him because there were no rental cars for him to rent because all the planes had been grounded. Right, yeah. So I got trapped in, in uh, Minnesota, actually. Yeah. Oh, no shit. I was on the road working. I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. 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 So uh, at that point, I come back. I had a nice long drive back to think about how the hell I was going to keep this all, uh, you know, all the plates in the air. And, right. Mm -hmm. And uh, figure out, okay, I'll tack this, you know, one day at a time. And that lasted for about six months, I think. And then I was called. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> that 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 sealed the deal. At that point, I had to close the doors. Right. So we closed the doors almost for two years. No shit. Because uh, he went. He he did a first year with uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, mm -hmm. and he was traveling around doing uh, protective security detail for them. And then he did such a good job. They said, "Hey, we want you to go over to the uh, <laughs> the sandbox over to Iraq. We're going to be invading this country called Iraq." Uh, we want you to go in there in the initial invasion and set up the green zone, and you're going to be Paul Bremer's security chief, who was the ended up being the the ambassador oh, during the entire invasion. So while he's doing that, I'm off to Afghanistan. My mother was really happy. Oh, I'm sure, absolutely oh, yeah. thrilled. <coughs> Not to mention the companies in you know here. I had to hand the keys. So I was like, hey, here's the keys. Hey, you're in charge. You're in charge, Mom. <laughs> no, it was basically it was just basically here are the keys. If that phone rings and somebody orders cigars. Just ship them for me. Right. That's it. That's all we could do. I mean, I literally had no option uh, but to just hand those keys over. And there wasn't like a, back then, you know, I'll put an email blast out and let everybody know the situation. Right. Was right. Going on. Yeah. No, it was like. There was none of that back then. Poof. We, have, we evaporated. We didn't go to IPCPR. We, back then it was RTDA, I still believe. And, uh, you know, it's a trade show. And we just vanished. Right. So uh, late 2004. My father and I are like, okay, we're both back in country. Um, what are we going to do? Yeah. Are we gonna Didn't we have a cigar business? <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Well, my father had, was doing other things as well, you know, and I was doing other things as well. What he, he literally looked at me and he said, you know, maybe maybe this wasn't meant to be, you know. Right. You know, we gave it a good shot. You know, by, by the way, all the investment is gone now because we had a, we lost a huge investment when we closed our factory. Right. The rest of the investment for all my travel and everything else, now we had zero 
accounts left pretty much right you, know, you fall off the shelf if you're not right. visiting people you're not talking to people they just thought we closed up and we you know we closed a shop and we went out of business or something mm-hmm. they didn't see us at ipc so we it was basically if we were going to do this it was started zero starting all again over again right with no investment like we had before right we had already thrown hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars at this now we're going to try to do this on a show a shoestring right so i was like well i've never given up at anything in my life I've never quit at anything in my life. That could be a, a blessing and a curse. Right. Uh, and I decided I'm not going to start now. Not to mention, I had invested everything I owned into this, and I was going to make it work, and I was going to be successful from hell or high water. I was mm-hmm. going to do what I had to do to make this work because right. I was successful when I, we had a close. Right. So it wasn't an issue of I didn't have good cigars, I didn't have a good marketing uh, scheme, or I didn't have a good uh, business model. or right. I was. A, Life just got in the way. Yeah, the world. The world the happened. The world got in the way. The world happened, and right. this is life. So the option was, you know, cry in the corner and go do something else and say, okay, you beat me, you got me. Or how I look at things in life is this is just another challenge. Right. And I'm going to make it work. I, if I built it once, I could build it again. Right. But in all fairness, crying in the corner sometimes is a pretty good option. You know, <sighs> well, we know where you stand now. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a day you just told everybody a lot about so. you suffering. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, like the crying game thing in the shower. I yeah, in the know. shower. Yeah. <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided, no, we're going to do this. Well, I'm going to do this, and my father supported me. Right. So um, I threw myself into this now full time. And uh, the only thing on the side was the military. I stayed as a reservist, but this was it. Full time cigars. Uh, and since 2004 on, this has been my full-time job, mm-hmm. and uh, we have crawled, scraped, uh, uh, walked, and jogged, and now are running back into this business. Um, and not to mention, there was a few other other hurdles that all of us had to endure during those times. Uh, it was uh, the crash of the economy. Right. It was the housing crash. Uh, it was the um, S-chip that um, right. uh, Obama signed into uh, law, and then it was, oh, yes, the FDA. Mm-hmm. So we've had a few hurdles since 2004 up to now. For sure. We've met them all, uh, and all those challenges, and, and, and that included the closing of our factory previously and two wars. and So we've had a few hurdles. For sure. Uh, in, our, in our family history as, relate, as relating to our company. In our lives, but also affecting our company. But we've su- we've survived them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we continue to grow, and uh, we are stronger for it because it caused me to learn how to run this thing very lean. Right. I had to tighten my belt and figure out how to do things without the funds that I initially had. And then when it was, you know, people couldn't, uh, you know, pay their mortgages and they were walking away from their homes. They weren't too concerned about things like cigars. Right. So we had to be very creative in how we ran our business to be able to get by on the lean times. So do you have a sales force now? Uh, we do, actually. That was another thing. I lost all my sales force when we closed the doors. Right. I had salesmen, and then suddenly I came back, and all the brokers were like, yep, sorry, uh, you know, we moved on. We have other, you right. know, other things in our portfolio. So that's why when I came back, it was me. Right. Back on the road doing it all myself. Okay, so you were when you came back, you it was just you're the only guy. Yep. Army of one. That's right. Army of one, as they say. Now, for those of you out there that know that that saying, army of one, that used to be on commercials all the time, Mm -hmm. we always used to say army of one. One is an acronym because the army is known for acronyms. Hmm. The one stands for officers, NCOs, and enlisted. (laughs) So that means everybody in the army. Right. But army of one really doesn't mean you're one. It's an army of everybody. Um, But, yeah. So... uh, Slowly but surely, we and that was always the struggle. I'll be honest with you. In this industry, um, salesmen, sales reps, uh, whether they're brokers or in-house, are very tough to find good ones. And uh, you guys just mentioned uh, Mr. Jack Tarano mm-hmm. before. He's a great one, and he's a really good guy and a great salesman, consummate professional. I could name a whole host of other ones, but uh, for as many brands as there are on the market there are not enough good salesmen to be able to handle them all. I think that's in, in any industry. Distribution you know? is the key. That right. is the that is the biggest and hardest part of this industry. It's not manufacturing a good cigar. Right. There are a lot of great cigars out there that nobody's ever heard of because they don't have the distribution or the sales force to get it to get it on the shelves. Right. That is the difficulty. Not to mention the shelf space. I mean, sure. you, you can't you can't make a shop big enough to say I have all the cigars yeah, you can't carry and all right. the brands that are out there. It's right. impossible. That's true. So I uh I learned early on that a, k- 
key to success in this business, and my father did give me a gleam, a little uh, nugget here, and he told me, and he said, listen, Dave, you could have the greatest cigar on the planet, the best cigar on the planet. If you're a jackass, nobody's going to buy it from you. Mm -hmm. You could have a mediocre cigar, and if people like you, you got a shot. True. And, and, and that's, that, that's very true. What that told me was, it's not really all about the cigar. It's about the relationship. Mm -hmm. So the people that su are successful in this business, it's about marketing and the relationships through their marketing and advertising. Right. People do business with other people that they like being around, like doing business, and enjoy doing business with. Right. Sometimes you have to do business with people you don't like to, but if you didn't have to, you wouldn't. Right. And in this industry, there are so many brands out there, you don't do the business with people you don't want to because there's enough that you can. Yeah, that's very true. So for me, the key was creating those relationships maintaining those relationships and um, growing those relationships to where we could grow our business and that takes time that's it why in sure this does. business it's 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 a it's a, it's a grind it's a grind I, I travel two to three weeks at least every month and sometimes I do a month at a time and then I'll take a couple of weeks off but I just did a 30-day trip and I'm back home now for five days and I'm going back on the road for three weeks in, in April um, and it's all over the planet so, what have we grown into? We're all over the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in Canada. Uh, we're in Europe. Uh, we're opening up the Middle East, hopefully, this year. Um, we're Cyprus, I count that as well. We're in Cyprus. We're in Africa. Uh, we have some sales in Australia. And uh, Asia is next. That's the next one in my sights. So, so now, before you came, before we started recording the podcast, you're actually talking about Australia. Can you can you tell a little bit about uh, some of the experiences that you've had with that? It's very tough. Um, yeah. So I I shipped product over there to our last distributor, and um, they ripped open the entire box. Uh, I guess the the invoice or something didn't match, or the weights or something. I don't know. It was some discrepancy. So they, of course, immediately rip open the box and basically destroy, open up all the boxes, and I mean, they just ravaged the thing. And mm -hmm. I only know this because the distributor took a photo and sent it back to me. And I was like, oh my god! They even like took bands off the cigars, took the cigars out of the cellophane, ripped the cedar linings that we had off some of. The, I mean, it was. I was like. If looking, they had to, looking to see if anything was inside the cigars. I don't, I don't yeah. even know. If the, so, if the weights were off, that's probably what they were doing. Who knows? So I was like, oh, my God, how is he going to sell this product? He's going to have to. I mean, they literally didn't even put it back on. Put it, you know, they didn't reassemble oh, anything. Put it back right. They just threw it in the box and handed it to him. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was Here, like. This is okay now. Yeah. I was like, how is he going to sell this product? And he goes, and I didn't know this at the time. He goes. Oh, I was gonna have to take all that stuff off anyway. It's like, what do you mean? He goes, Oh yeah, we have plain, plain packaging laws here. Plain packaging laws. They have to take off all the bands, everything out of the box. He was, as a matter of fact, he was asking me from now on if you want to just send me bundles, save yourself the boxes, right? Because I can't use them. I got to throw them away. We got to throw. Yeah, like thanks for telling me I could save some money. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was, an, you know, it was just getting to starting to do right, business with right. them, so it wasn't the end of the world. But I was just like, I couldn't believe that they have to sell everything nude. Yeah, that's insane. Nude. Absolutely, everything looks the same. So, from my understanding, from what I understand, and I guess you guys are being heard in Australia, maybe I'll get some feedback on this. Oh. Yeah, my buddy uh, Dave Burke, have you ever heard of him, Cigar Jukebox? Mm, I have not. Oh, he's a good dude. I he's got not. a good little podcast, too. He pairs music with cigars. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little shameless plug for him. Nice. Well, I'd like to uh, talk to him one day, and uh, maybe that's part of that uh, new relationship building process. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. But um, f ask them, or you'll get feedback, how many actual cigar shops still do exist in Australia? Because right. from my understanding, it's most of it's online. Right. People just get, you know, other guys in the country, they, some guy imports them, and then people order through him online. So it's it's crazy. Canada's bad, but not that bad. Right. But I understand that they're talking about plain packaging now. Europe's instituting something like the FDA right now. Right. Uh, where, with uh, registration and everything else, and that's a oh good. That's worked out. That's my line. Total cluster. <laughs> total cluster. <laughs> oh good. Oh good. Yeah, total cluster because the European Union, every country has its own deal. Right. There's a, a central registration, but then. There are registration fees in every country that are different. I'm Some sure it's going to work out just fine. You know, yeah. a little over regulation. <laughs> yeah. You know, to Never totally different countries way. mixed up. Yeah, yeah, you know, you want to hear, you wanna hear the new one I just heard from my distributor in Holland? Sure. 
no embossing on cigar labels. Ooh. They will be restricted. Do the, it, does the embossing cause cancer? Is that, is I that the problem? No, I, I <laughs> no guess embossing. it's a marketing issue. So no. no embossing. That will be illegal on all cigar bands and any packaging. If the, it is packaged and, or has a band on it that is embossed, will not be allowed to be sold. What guy all. is sitting there in a meeting and go, you know what the problem is? It's the embossing. Can you imagine? Right. It's the embossing well, on the What, are we, what are we going to do? Change the <laughs> labels, the bands? We're just going to make bands specifically for Holland now? You're just going to write your name well, on it. Well, I think that's what they're trying to do. Break. They're trying to press the issue so that, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to sell there. It's a step towards plain packaging. Mm-hmm. They're actually talking about that in What's Canada What's the advantage right of plain packaging in Australia? It, it's it's an issue. Level playing field for everyone? no. It's, it's safer. It's <laughs> what they <laughs> what <laughs> they they, used, they say that this is an uh, the band and the package in the box. You know, it's all artwork. But we say it's artwork. But right. what they say is it's a marketing scheme. Well, right? yeah. No, no, no. We, well, we don't want you advertising it. So oh, sorry. No, we, we don't want to lure people with your marketing and advertising to smoke because smoking is bad for what you. What does a coke can look like in Australia? I have no idea. It, it just. <laughs> aluminum color. soda. It's, it's a soda. It's a soda. They just want to restrict the all the marketing the ways and techniques that we have to make our cigar look ap- appetizing or uh, you know appealing to people. Well, that's bad because it's a bad product. But Do they just throw them all in one big bin at the shop when you get there. I Pretty much. I, I don't know if they have any shops, but you might want to ask somebody over there. Oh. Dave knows. Dave gives you good insight, and the taxes that they pay when when yeah, when I've heard about the taxes. Ridiculous. Oh, it's That's over one hundred and thirty percent or forty percent, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. He told me. And how are you going to go? I'd like to have a blanco cigar. Which one is it? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, they point at one, and he knows which one it is that he took the label off. Oh, you know. keeps it in a But what ultimate hustle? Box. If I lived in Australia, I'd be like, oh yeah, you want the Opus? <laughs> 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 That's right. Yeah. It's that one over there. It's a padrone too. It's gonna be seventy five dollars. <laughs> True story. True story. <laughs> Meantime so he rolled it I, in the back. I, I'm starting morning. to see some opportunity, a little <laughs> over regulation. We're moving to Australia. Right. Crush I it. could just see somebody listening to this in Australia right now with their eyes getting really wide. <laughs> <laughs> Have I been getting screwed right. this whole time? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. So you want to move to the the three questions, three questions. the four questions. Four questions now. We have a set of questions. Well, I got a bonus question. Fourth. Uh, oh yeah, well, we, we just started, started incorporating it. All right. Yep. Okay. It's good stuff. I'm good. Uh, he I'm down. sort of answered the first. Or no, he answered one of the questions already. But that's okay. You well, get to hit him again. Him the answer he doesn't, is he doesn't know. He doesn't listen. The answer is the answer is C. Damn! Damn! He hasn't listened. I knew it. See on the show. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Okay. First question: What one person, living or dead, would you like to share a cigar with? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. You don't want to make dead air space here because that's dun, 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 I like oh. the I like the, the dead air when you ask the question because it uh shows that Jesus. We stumped the Schwab. Jesus, huh? Jesus? Yeah. That guy's alright. How do you pick it? I, I mean about him. literally? I mean, if you could talk to the Son of God. Right. And have a cigar with him? You, you get he the answers to all. I think he's more of a wine guy. Everything. He'll know who shot JFK and everything. He'll know everything. All right, I Jesus. Guess, you know, I I never had, I never thought about it, but Jesus. We, of all the greatest people on the planet know. and everything else, I would think it's Jesus. All right. Yeah. Wow. Now we can never ask this question again. We'll never Jesus. get a better answer. Than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Question number two. Uh, what is the best advice anyone ever gave you? Oh, that I listened to or I didn't listen to. <laughs> you can go either way. Oh. The greatest advice, <sighs> man. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know the answer to that question. Let me think about that. Can I pass for a moment? Let's go to the next one. I don't think you can fucking pass. Man. Oh no, I'll answer. No, no, can no, I think no. about I'm it? Not, we're not. We don't, we're not no, moving. Okay. I want the, the answer that when you're done with the answer and we get off the show, you're gonna be like, son of a bitch. I wish I should have said this. We'll just all sit you know? back, turn the mics off, and we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> wow. Um, now a word from our sponsors. I was gonna say if we had a commercial, <laughs> we don't have sponsors. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's one way to go. <laughs> uh, well, that's kind of why we built it. We didn't want sponsors. Okay, all right. Um, no commercial like sponsor. You no. can reach. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can call us all you want because we won't fucking take you. <laughs> we won't answer. The we will take your money. <laughs> um, I, I really, oh, Jesus. No, be- no advice. Uh, there's been so much advice. How do you pick the best advice you've well, ever received in your you just life? Just gotta kind of you know? go with one. Hmm. I can't. All right, I can't. All right, so I, we'll, we'll just move uh, on. Uh, yeah, well, we'll I, if on. I think of one, which will probably come to me, I got a cipher through. I got a filter. I'm through not gonna let you answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be that way. 
be that way. <laughs> where I you? got it. Nope. Too late. So my, yeah. uh, like, where you just first of all, you just made the first two questions, and I don't see a piece of paper or anything. No, I, well, this is uh, you got it down pat, huh? Twelfth or thirteenth. Holy time shit! We've done all right, all right. I kind of thought it was too late. No, you're good. You're good. We haven't got to the next question. I got the next question. That's right. All right. So let's just say it was probably the advice of joining the military out of high school. Yeah. I think that was probably the best bet. Okay. To join the military, yeah, out of high school, it it uh, it, it makes a man out of you. Okay. It uh, I think you know I think if more people did it today, or if it was mandatory like in Israel, right? I think our society would be better off. Only because it it helps those kids that are not that I was a lost soul, right? But um, helps provide focus. You know, it helps you grow up, teaches mm-hmm. you responsibility, and. Um, I wanted to do it, right? Um, but of course, there was all that intrepidation. You know, you're 18 years old. What do you really know? Right. So I, I asked for advice, and uh, and I could have joined the Navy and joined the Air Force and joined. I could have joined anything I want. I think the but not the Coast Guard. Yeah, no, <laughs> that wasn't. That, w- that was still part of the Department of Transportation back then. So the military it didn't count as military. But now I would say it's 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 in there now. Um, yeah, I would have to say that would probably be it. Join the Army. And, okay. and do it at that age. All right. There you go. All right, there you go. Uh, next question: What is your favorite cigar? Oh, Christ! They're, you're like asking me no, to no, choose between my person. children. Yeah, pretty much. We don't have a favorite. That is, that's the we new question. Do you All right, have to so pick your favorite child. If okay, so can I help you guys with this question for the next guy? I would rephrase the question to this. Go ahead. If you c- were stranded on an island or something like that, mm-hmm. and I could only have one cigar, right? What would it be? Well, if you listen to the podcast, we actually get to that point when somebody can't answer the, the uh, what's your favorite cigar. Okay. Well, that but you don't listen. Well, right, you're right. You're right. But that would be a way to but do thank it. thank you. You're oh, welcome. good. Because that way it would be like, well, they're all good, but if I only had you know one cigar to have mm-hmm. on an island, then it would be this. Um, so Go ahead. I, I'll yeah, answer. Hit me with the island cigar. I will. I'll answer in that direction. Uh, I would probably say the Blanco 9 in Lancero. Okay. That would be it. And one that isn't yours? Now I have I've asked that question all I'm I'm definitely asked that question all the time mm-hmm. and I what I do is I can't give you a number one but I give my top five and that's what I do pe- for people because I it's, okay it's kind of like my cigars I like this one for coffee I like this one for beer gotcha. I like this one for whatever so my top five that I that I don't have anything to do with manufacturing or blending that I enjoy um, in no particular order okay, okay. No, it's not one through five it's just <laughs> top five because uh, I'm giving plugs to other manufacturers now so right. you're welcome guys. Uh, we'll start with Pete. It's okay. The ta- it's the Tatuaje uh, 2003 Kohonu. Okay. Uh, I would go with the uh, Dog Walker by 724. Kirk Kendall. Kirk Kendall. Good Great dude. cigar. The Dog Walker is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, well, it was back in the day. See, this cigar has changed. It was the T52 back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's questionable if it stays on the list anymore because I've noticed it. So, like original blend, yeah, T fifty two, the uh, Oliva, na- uh, the Oliva V Lancero. Okay, and then there's the Unicorn that I'll never have again. Um, the Partius hundred fiftieth anniversary from Cuba, uh, Figurado. Okay, and that one I, c- I had two boxes of that, and they'll never be. I'll never get them again. All right. So those are top five. So and just so everybody knows, what are we smoking right now? Can you tell everybody? You're smoking the Blanco Nine in Robusto. All right. And Mike's having the same thing. Same thing. Absolutely. And what about you? I'm smoking the First Third in Toro. Uh, this is a cigar obsession. First Third. Gotcha. In Toro. All right. Next question. Next question. The final question. What one fictitious person would you like to share a cigar with? It can be from a book, a movie, TV, TV show. TV show. Wow, man, you guys! I wish I had listened because right. I would have thought <laughs> about these. Um, fictitious. Mm-hmm. I'd See, probably you know, do have to say Yoda. Yoda. Oh, that's, a, that's interesting. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, man. Very nice. So yeah, you're a Star Wars guy. Uh, well, Star Wars Trek, all of that. I right. was thinking about Captain Kirk too. Yeah. 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 But Yoda won. Yeah. I'm kind of. I've been called Captain Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Not for the reasons you think, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Captain Kirk was like, all went all over the universe, mm-hmm. and no matter what planet he went to, he was always with a woman. Right. No matter what color she was. Right. That's me. So that's me. I'm kind of colorblind when it comes to women. Right. So you're not married anymore. No, no. Happily okay. divorced. Happily, 
crap. <laughs> so, like, if uh, not, we just blew him up completely. Yeah, no, no, no. So I've had uh, girlfriends from all over the planet. I had a girlfriend from Nigeria, uh, Philippines, uh, you, you name it, China, right. Poland, uh, Germany. So uh, they call me Captain Kirk because color is irrelevant. Very nice. So very nice. Beauty well, comes in all colors, man. It's true. So. Uh, that's true. all the questions. You keep looking right, at me. So that, 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 that concludes <laughs> the uh, the podcast, I believe. Oh, no, uh, how would you like people to get a hold of you? You want to give out uh, your sure. social media? Uh, yeah. So we have BlancoCigars.com as our website. Mm-hmm. Um, we have information about our tours. We do tours to the factory, five-day, four-night, all-inclusive tours, if anybody's interested in going to the factory. My tour is a little bit different than anybody's. I've been doing it for a long time. I know what everybody else does, but I've never done what everybody else does. Is the trampoline involved? No. Okay. But I am like the, I'm like the Anthony Bourdain of the cigar world when it comes to the tours. Okay. We stay in the cities. We visit Granada. We go to Leon. We go to the beaches. We go to Esteli. We do all the cigar stuff that everybody does. Right. But then I show you the culture. We stay in hotels. We go to restaurants. We go to clubs. We go to bars. We go to the casinos. We go... So we're, next one, we're going surfing down the uh, volcano. Oh, shit. Yeah, man. Wait, into the volcano? No, no. Not oh. into. Down the side. Yeah, we're going to surf down the volcano. So we do all kinds of cool tour stuff, and I get that. What's important for me is I get to show you the culture, and what's going on with the people there because it's your dollars from your hobby Mm -hmm. that supports their livelihood. So you get to eat at the same restaurants, you get to see their nightlife, you get to go to the casinos if you want, and and that's the other thing. We're really flexible. We take up to ten people at a time. We go, okay, who wants to go to the club, or is it going to be dancing tonight? Is it going to be the bar? Is it going to be the casino? Right. What do you guys want to do? But no trampoline. Yeah, no trampoline. Son of a bitch. That's liability. This might be hard. Liability. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to go in the the one place we don't want to visit is the hospital. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Not there. Um, So and then we go to the beaches and we spend a night at the beaches and then we say Leon. Leon is the oldest one. One of the oldest. Grenada and Grenada. It was the former capital of Nicaragua when it was owned by the Spaniards, when it was colonial. Mm -hmm. Granada was the other major city. We go there, too. So we show you a bunch of the country, and we we delve into the culture and the food. That's the other thing. The food is awesome. Um, So I show you a lot more than a lot of other factory tours That's awesome. Because they're all about the cigars, cigars, cigars. Yeah, cigars are a huge part of it, and we show you that. But that, I could do that in two days. Right. You know. So, um, BlancoCigars.com is our website. If you want to follow me on Facebook, um, go to my public page because my private profile is maxed out at 5,000. Mm-hmm. So, I, I realized I had to create a public profile because that's unlimited. So, you can like and follow on that. It's David Blanco, the man. Oh, very nice. No spaces. No spaces. Not David Blanco, Captain Kirk. No, no. David Blanco, the man. I was going to say that. (laughs) Well, this whole podcast, it was about the man, right? Right. It just happens to be David Blanco, the man. No spaces. That's very important. You won't find me. David Blanco, the man. Uh, Other than that, that well, if you want to follow me on Instagram uh, or anywhere else, uh, Instagram is David Blanco007. All right. Um, uh, And uh, Twitter is just... David Blanco, Blanco Cigars. You're big on social media. You do a lot of videos. I do a ton of social media. That is the new way of marketing and advertising in our industry. Uh, It's just, with all the restrictions that we have now, not being able to market in certain areas, uh, whether it's printed magazines other than cigar publications. Embossing. Yeah, embossing. All (laughs) kinds of stuff. We can't can't even sponsor (laughs) sporting events now or anything else. You know, we can't do a lot of stuff. Right. Social media has become the conduit to the public uh, and for me uh, the world uh, because people watch us and as you guys are experiencing now listen to you guys yeah. all over the planet mm-hmm. what reach What? What? if you put a value on that w- oh yeah when I first looked at the list I'm like somebody in Jordan is listening yeah man right. What they, I mean, what does it cost you? The cost of the internet connection? Or, yeah, really. So I mean, it's it's a it's a new way of doing business in general, not just for our industry, but but the planet. We're probably more global in that right. manner. So yeah, man. All right. Very what cool. else we got? Is that it? Uh, that's it. Your your little thing there at the end. Uh, yes. If you uh, like what you're listening to, please give us your feedback and uh, share it with a friend. We uh, would truly appreciate it. And what else? What else am I forgetting? Uh, any thoughts, comments, or suggestions, or if there's someone you would like to hear us interview that we have not interviewed, feel free to suggest that. Let also. us know. Let us know, and we will get a hold of them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's it. 
that concludes it. David, thank you very yes, much David, for coming thank on you the for show. Coming in. Guys, it was a pleasure. Uh, you know, it's, uh, Appreciate it's, it. It's interesting to hear you know your life story in less than it an hour. Interesting. And, you know, <laughs> that was the that was com- almost fifty minutes abridged cliff right. note version. The short, short version. Yes, right. That's but correct. you know, we appreciate you coming. And on. mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything new going on, David? You want to talk about real quick? I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got a ton of stuff going on. Uh, I'm I'm going to be coming out with some line extensions uh, this year. Um, the FDA be damned because we got some ways to do that. Um, right. And I have uh, a buddy who owns a company called Grunt Style. His name is Dan Alaric. If you guys aren't familiar with it, get familiar with I, it. I've got some of those shirts. That, like, there you uh, go. Dan Alaric used to be a drill sergeant with me at Fort Benning. He was a E6 staff sergeant. I was a E7. I was a senior. And he started this little t-shirt company, um, you know, selling t-shirts out of his trunk. And now he's worth probably, the company's probably worth over $100 million. Right. And uh, he's doing real well. And he's getting into the spirits business. Uh, oh, this very past nice. year, he started uh, with another buddy of his that's also a veteran uh, called America Bourbon. Very so nice. So I am going to be doing America Bourbon Barrel Aged Cigar. Oh, oh very, very nice. nice. Tying that in right there. Good yeah. stuff. So um, if you guys are going to be in the Texas area in April or the 7th, we got something called Grunt Fest. It's a big fest for grunt style. They do them all over the country. We are going to be there um, promoting and pairing his bourbon with a cigar, and we're going to be uh, working on the, the bourbon barrel-aged cigar. And I'm doing some other stuff for other people. I make cigars for a, a few different companies. I blend for um, Hiram and Solomon. Okay. Uh, it's a Masonic-oriented cigar. I blend for uh, another company called uh, Warfighter Tobacco. Um, we have one called Licencia by the Antoines. Um, I do some private labels for people in Europe. They're wanting some line extensions. So uh, we're coming out with new product all the time, uh, new sizes and certain things, and uh, we continue to plug along and grow and, and grow the brand. And you guys are essential in helping us do that. So I want to thank you guys for helping getting us out there. My name, our name, the company's name. This is Team Blanco. This isn't just the Dave Blanco right. show at all. There's an army behind me. But nice. Dave Blanco is the man. No spaces. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I said that because we're gonna be. I'm going to be doing some other stuff personally. Like I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I might be doing some stuff with my buddy eventually with uh, apparel. Oh, oh, very nice. So I might be doing some other things. So it's not Dave Blanco Blanco cigars. Right. It's Dave Blanco the man. Right. Rather than just you know I'm not singular faceted. There's Dave Blanco in the military. There's Dave Blanco in the right. So it's just the man, not in the ego sense, just the guy. Right. Gotcha. Know? So. All right, cool, man. Well, that's pretty much uh, it. Concludes the show. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. Bye. All right, gang, that's it. Show's over. Time to put out that cigar and get back to work. Ain't nobody going to do it for you. Everybody get hustling.